Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Blogger Podcast. I'm Luce Lundstrom. And I'm Adam Vokey. You know what, Mr. Vokey? We are somewhere special today. We are. We are in the Brush Emporium, but a special place inside the Brush Emporium. <laughs> we are actually in uh, what's going to become the uh, Bullhucker Studio. Yep. As you can see behind Adam and I, uh, it's, uh, we're still getting it up and we'll be up for a while. Uh, I'm kind of bummed out. I was hoping to have it done because we have a, a guest today. Uh, have uh, a guest. I was hoping it could be the first one. Um, it's an old friend of mine uh, from Pueblo, Colorado. The nightclub I always talk about. This is one of the main guys I worked with. Uh, Robbie Garcia, what's up, my man? Not much. How you doing? From Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, from Chicago, Illinois. South side. <laughs> even though they rock, even though they rock, rock the Cubs for the north side. We live on the south side. So. Yeah, on the south side, like like in Shameless. <laughs> Not that far south. So. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. I. Uh, you been to Chicago? No. Well, I've driven through it for work, but that's about it. So. That's about yeah. I've never been to Chicago. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm, this year. I've been stuck in traffic there. There you go. It's so, no fun, right? So, so you've been to Chicago? Yeah. Like I heard some good shots. This uh, this is a cool podcast because uh, this is a lesson in life for people, younger people. Uh, you should always be careful, not be careful, but always be open and willing to meet people. You know, when I moved to Pueblo, I started a nightclub, um, and I made a lot of lifelong friends. That's weird for a job to start out. That's how you and I become friends. We work together, right? Yeah, we work together. Um, it, but I made a lot of lifelong friends, you know. And one day, this guy comes in, this big dude, Robbie, who uh, wants a job as a barback, so I hire him, right? Uh, and we're going to tell stories about that later, right? Yeah. You, you, you learn how to bartend and all yeah. that stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was, a, it was a fun time. But uh, he became a very good, close friend of mine, you know, and uh, we've always kept in touch, and we don't talk as much as we probably should, but when we do, we we like two old women, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's, I'm, I'm excited for this one. This might be a little longer one because uh, we're talking to bullshit a lot. We're going to talk about Papa Jack later, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story in itself, Adam. So right. I'm going to apologize right now if we just start chewing your ear off. So. That's all right. <laughs> okay. Um, Robbie, uh, Chicago will be heading back to Pueblo for the weekend. Uh, well, just the week. It's our spring break. I'm a teacher, so right. I get the week off. What are you going to do in Pueblo? What's the big plans for Pueblo, Colorado? Uh, just catch up with family and hit some of the old eats. Like, you know, I really miss places like Paskey and oh, Dewdrop. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Even, even Showtime's uh, Wings, you know. I don't think that's open anymore, dude. Not Showtime, uh, Primetime. Primetime. Primetime's yep. still open, but, yeah, Showtime, their, right. their offshoot is not open from what I've heard. So Here at the Emporium, they just opened yesterday. Uh, this is obviously May right now, but... They opened uh, here early April, and the cool thing about it is they have a pizza kitchen, right? They're pizza pouring. You just you grab the pizza to take home. Yeah, I have a pizza around the corner that's waiting on me. It's got your name on it. <laughs> uh, and I told them, Robbie, uh, you should go down to Pueblo to the do drop the do drop mm-hmm. in and uh, go kiss their ass for their recipe because that's amazing pizza. Yes. The uh, there's two of them now. There's uh, the one in Pueblo West mm-hmm. and the one to get shot at on the south side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 is that on the south side? Um, it's actually not on the south side. It's more like east side. Um, it's on like uh, Santa Fe. Right. It's right by like Salt Creek and all that. Like San, <laughs> yeah. Santa Fe and Central Avenue. Yeah, Salt Creek's not. You remember I told you my grandparents lived in a place called Dog Patch? Mm-hmm. That's like a little nicer than Salt Creek. Step <laughs> <laughs> up. Yeah, like if you're in Pueblo and uh, your car gets stolen, I don't know why they look for the damn thing. It's on fire in dog patch right now, on right. blocks. You know right. what I mean? It's not, it's, you're not going to find it anywhere else. So uh, you're, are, you, so are you excited to go see Pueblo? When's the last time you were in Pueblo? Probably about three years ago. Oh, okay. I know. When the pandemic first started, I went out there to uh, the 
because we were teaching remotely, I actually went out there to uh, teach classes for my computer in Colorado and give the kids virtual field trips. So I'd like go out to Beulah Mountain Park or Rye and right. so, so I have the mountains in the background while I was teaching art class to them at the time. So. Oh, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. I think I remember you doing that actually. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the river walk, did you take them by the river walk? Um, no, I, the nature center was probably the only one in the nearest to Pueblo. Okay. But like I did Rye, I did uh, Lake Isabel, Bulo okay. Mountain Park. How'd they like it? Uh, Garden of the Gods was like the last one I did. Oh, so. that's very cool. How'd the kids like it? Well, the one or two kids that showed up online <laughs> that's it, huh? probably liked it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> damn Chicago kids. I know. I'll say Well, before we get any further, I want to say welcome to the Bullhawker Podcast. Now, if you're new to the podcast, this is a podcast we're bringing on a guest. Today's Mr. Robbie Garcia, the legend, as I always called him. Robbie Garcia. Yeah, don't roll your eyes. That's all I call you. Now, what we're going to do today is we're going to, uh, Robbie's going to tell us three stories about his life. Now, here's the kicker. Only two of these stories are true. One's actually borrowed, made up, or partly made up and partly true. Robbie, without going into great detail, which one is it? Uh, this one's totally made up. All the way made up. I'm going for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> someone someone didn't come to play in any games, Adam Vokey. Nope. I, uh, are these Pueblo stories, any of them, or no? Um, one's close to a Pueblo story, but no. I, uh, I, <laughs> Sorry. I, I can't control my, my emotions right now. Robbie, can you please pick up those two things you brought us and show them to the camera? <laughs> Robbie brought us gifts today. Um, he brought us actually candies, uh, candy things that are paper, rock, scissors. Paper, rock, scissors. <laughs> I see one. Those are great. Yeah, I don't know if you can see this, but it's pretty amazing. Uh, nuts, dude. I don't know who invented that, but uh, I'll have to read these later. See the rules are on them to see. Uh, those are just. That's not going to be eaten. I think that's just going to be part of the decorum of the uh, Bullhooker Studio. See back here on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Well, we're going to get into a lot of fun later, but let's do some stories. You ready to tell some stories, Rob? Sure. All right. You ready to hear some stories, Adam? Absolutely. I'm excited. Want to name them off, buddy? We've got The Slide, Cliffhanger, and Forgot Something. I do want to say one thing. If we do sound a little bit echoey, I apologize. Uh, Adam and I have not got the acoustic boards up yet, so uh, we're in the basement. We're we're in the bowels, the bowels of the Emporium. Uh, So we are a little echoey in here. So that's. uh, I'm going to apologize right now if the audio is a bit off for this podcast. So. I wish I kind of bummed out because I was super excited when Robbie was coming down from Chicago. So, all right. Uh, you want to pick one out? Uh, yeah, let's go with uh, Cliffhanger. 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 Okay, so this is the one that's close to Pueblo. It's uh, back in my YMCA Camp Jackson days. Um, from probably my sophomore, not my junior in high school, throughout uh, my, you know, the time I graduated with uh, my associate's degree in college. I worked at uh, the YMCA Camp Jackson in uh, Rye, Colorado. Um, you know, by Col- just outside of Colorado City. Um, you know, fairly close to uh, Lake Isabel. Um, and I had been working at the Y for so long that this is probably my third or fourth year in, and I was the camp cook by this time. I remember this. And then during dur- during the uh, uh, the first week would be our training week. And because I worked at the YMCA year-round, uh, when I wasn't working at Camp Jackson in the summers, I was doing before and after school child care for the uh, uh, child care program for the YMCA as well. And I was always up to date on my CPR first aid uh, cards because uh, I had to do it for the uh, child care. 
So on the day that we'd have a training for CPR and first aid at the camp, I usually had most of the time to myself. Since I was the cook, I basically just had to have breakfast, lunch, lunch and dinner ready, and all the time in between I had to myself. So I had decided that after lunch this one day, I was going to go on a hike to what was an area called Eastridge. Um, the camp was kind of like in a bowl, and uh, there's a mountain kind of on the eastern end of camp that had a rock face on it, probably about 50 foot. The, the rock face was probably about 50 foot in height, and then, of course, it went into the decline of the mountain and all that. Um, so, um, and it was a, an easy, probably half-hour hike that we'd take the kids on probably once a week. So um, I was like, you know, I'm just going to go do, it, do, it, do this one on my own. I have time to kill. It was a beautiful day out, and so I just walked out. Of course, I didn't have my hatchet, which I usually would carry with me when I'd go on hikes. Right. And I did the one thing you're never supposed to go on hikes, go alone. <laughs> Covered in ketchup, yes. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, go up to Eastridge, and I'm just kind of sitting on the rocky cliff, you know, the face of Eastridge, and looking back at the camp and just kind of, you know, getting excited for the, for the, for the summer to start and just kind of enjoying myself, enjoying the time. Now here's some rustling behind me. And I look behind me. There's this big wild turkey. <laughs> and I'm like I was gonna give you credit for being a ballsy man, but then you, you just turned with the turkey. Go ahead. A big wild turkey. And I'm like I'm like, okay, well that's cool. And you know, that that's also my alarm. If anything should you know right, right. if anything else should creep up back there because there's been a few times where I found bear tracks in that area. Oh shit. I've actually seen bear you know, probably one once every summer I worked up there, I'd seen a bear at one point or right, another. So. Right. Um, but when you got a bunch, uh, I don't want to scare people away from sitting there, kids camp Jackson, when you got large groups of kids, that's when the bears hide up and they don't come out. But, you know, when it's beginning of summer, nobody's out and about yet. So right. I was a little weary about bears. So, you know, I look, well, we got a turkey there. It's cool. And then I'm just sitting here probably about a half hour later. I start hearing this rustling again. This time it's a little more violent. I look, look behind me and I see this bush just shaking, shaking. And I start, like, then all of a sudden I start seeing like feathers and shit flying from this bush. I can't tell you how much right now. I hope this is a turkey getting laid story. But go ahead. <laughs> no. All of a sudden the shaking stops. Then I hear a, mmm. I'm like, oh, like uh, like a human like being a, saying, mm. oh, okay. Like some sort of animal. Okay, okay. Now, okay. my mind goes to the bear right away. Right. It could have been a fox. It could have been a coyote. It could have been a mountain lion. But right. I just hear the, mm. So now I'm like, oh, crap. Because my only way back to that trail is past that bush. <laughs> and then I start looking down this rocky ledge. And I know people who've actually climbed up and down it. Right. People in much better physique than myself. People who Get out of here. are more into... Bullshit. I'm talking actual rock climber type I know, people. I know, I know. And I've seen kids like climb halfway down and I have to yell at them, hey, get back up here and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But now I'm like, I'm going to have to go that direction versus walk back around, you know. Because obviously the thing sees me, whatever it is, growled at me. <laughs> basically, it was telling me, "Hey, this is my dinner. You, you know, you, no turkey for you." Yeah. And I don't even want to go near that area now. Right. So I start <laughs> climbing down. Sitting. Now, now the first half of it, 
there's all these like ledges and stuff. What grade are we talking, Robbie? Like a like up like and, like up like, and a, down? like like about about fifty feet of straight up and down, but with little chunks sticking out. Like Sylvester Stallone cliffhanger? Is that what we're talking? Kind of okay. like like, okay. like a like a natural version of the uh, agro crag or the you know the okay. you know the American gladiators how they'd uh, have to climb up so that wall like so, a climbing wall like yeah that's that's the so, okay so, wow so there's little rocks that are protruding here and there right right but it's not but there there's no slope to it till about fifty feet down <laughs> okay, so like okay. I said and I've probably climbed halfway down this before so I get about that point but then I start noticing that the Places to grab onto or step down onto are a lot farther and few in between. Right. Now I'm like at the halfway point. I was like, "Shit, do I go back up or do I continue down?" Right. I'm like, just still, you know, just shaking, scary, you know, just working my way down this damn thing. Well, yeah, because you have a better chance of fighting the bear than you do of fighting gravity, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I get to the point where I'm probably about eight feet from the incline of the slope, you know. Okay. So it's not like flat ground. It's still, right. that's about where it goes into about a 45-degree angle. And, right. And I, I'm able to, like, climb down to one point, and then I see my next drop is about two feet down, about two feet over, and I'm just kind of like this. And it's only like an edge, probably about this wide, about six inches out. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if I miss it, it's only about a five feet drop after that. So right. I'm like, okay, let's do this thing. I kind of jump over, fucking stick it. I land it. <laughs> but for that split second that I'm celebrating in my mind, I land it. I realized that that rock must have been about this thin because it totally snaps under my weight. Oh, no. <laughs> and I just fall straight down. I fall straight down about four to five feet down to the uh, down down to the incline or the slope of the mountain, which is right. totally gravel because of all the little chunks of rock that keeps falling of off. Course. So it's just pure gravel. So I slip and slide on this thing. Somehow I get to the point where I'm just like skiing on my butt, going <laughs> down this thing. I see a tree coming up. I'm trying to roll over to miss the tree. Then I turn into like a tumbling, right? Whatever you call, it. and I end up. Finally, at the bottom in the creek. And so I'm like trying to get myself up off the creek, and then all of a sudden I start hearing twigs and stuff snapping <laughs> from down the. I'm like, did that thing just come around or, you know, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it turned out it was the nurse and the wrangler, they're going out on a ride. So they see me on my hands and knees in this, in this uh, in creek, the creek, and yeah. they're like, the, 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 camp, the camp nurse, uh, Julie Chandler, or she's Julie Kane now, but she's like, um, What's up, Julie? What's up, Julie? Yeah. She's like, uh, she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I kind of told her the story and all that. She's like, I was like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we thought we'd go on a camp ride. We're a horse ride. We we're actually looking for you. We wanted to take you with. I was like, I guess I should have been around or told you guys where I was going, you know, before just deciding to go on a hike or whatever. Because hey, going, going up on horseback would have been much nicer than. Hey, kids, we found Garcia and his knees in the woods. He's fine. He's safe. Yeah. <laughs> He got eaten by a turkey. Yeah. <laughs> but no, so, yeah, I told him, yeah, uh, I wouldn't go up there just in case there is a bear. You don't want, you know, because 
also you know the horses are usually skittish because we they don't they don't raise them at the camp they had rent them from a, from a group and right at, at that time it was a the company we used to rent them from were horrible we'd get these really skittish horses that we'd have to right try to train and stuff for a week before we'd start and put kids on them and stuff like right. that so, so i was like yeah right now might not be the best time to take a horse up to eastridge because <laughs> you know they're being skittish now and if there really is an animal up there right so. Well, that's the turkey did get lucky, and I was right the first time. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that turkey's gonna be chill as shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who knows? The turkey growling at you. Who knows? You Maybe off. that's what the moan was. <laughs> I, hope was I hope that turkey was just doing it to see, like, because he's just walking by me. You know? He's faking his own death. Oh, this thick bastard trying to eat me. Although wild turkeys are mean as shit, by the oh, way. Yeah. Have you ever actually been around a lot of wild turkeys? I've seen a lot of them because there's actually a lot in that area. I've seen them like run by in flocks. But yeah. Usually I'm with groups of people, and like I said, oh, when, no. when animals see groups of people, they just take off. They don't, you know. So out, out by Ray, Colorado, down Highway 34, there's a part, like a little road that goes out to the, the lake out there, and there's wild turkeys everywhere out there. Those things are everywhere out there. I just saw those turkeys this morning. Did you? On my way back from Hayes. Oh, yeah. that's right. You went to Kansas. They're right there by Stalker Pond. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And those things will, I had one kamikaze my pickup truck. I was talking to Jeremy Stegner and all that. Just on a husband, wham! And he goes, what was that? I go, I, I thought I hit a deer or something. I look over that turkey's all messed up. I was like, that son bitch came at me, bro. I'm in a pickup truck. Wow. Yeah, those things are mean as hell. I got chased uh, outside of Ice and Oil. When I worked for Pepsi. I got out, and they, they run back there, dude. They chased me into the building, but I'm like a scared little girl running from this turkey, man, because it, it, it was pissed off. I mean, it didn't growl at me, but it, it didn't let me know right. in that business. It was going to, you know, want a piece. Right. So you never saw what it was. You never, you never got to. No, I didn't go back up there for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't either, buddy. I wouldn't either. What do you think about that, Vogue? That was, that was a good one. I like that. Yeah. Just the thought of you like climbing down. I was putting myself on the on that cliff. I was like, yeah, there's no way in hell I would. No I man. Do that. No. Especially out there, man. It's. I take uh, my chance with the bushes. And I was close to 150 pounds lighter back then, so <laughs> don't, don't imagine me now doing that. Because yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, I'm imagining me at this size yeah. doing that. At so. 20 years ago, too. Or, you know, it's, yeah, this was, yeah, this was probably 94, 96, 97-ish. Oh, almost when I met you. Almost. Yeah, right before, probably right before, the year before we met, yeah. What year did you start, 98 at Peppers? Yeah. Okay. I started in 96 out there, so. Huh. That's wild. <laughs> did you ever cliff jumping with us? Were you with us when we did that? No, I heard about it. Oh, yeah, no. We'd go, remember, we'd go to the mountains and play softball, drunk. Mm-hmm. We'd get hammered and then drive down. Not anymore. Okay, don't do this, kids. Okay, don't do it. And we'd drive down the mountain and Jack Severe. Remember Jackie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I told this story once on the podcast, so we'll get too far into it. Basically, he's the one that said, hey, you guys want to see something cool? We're like, yeah. And we walked over to these. What, what size of the reservoir? That's on the south end of the reservoir? Where the highway goes by the south, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, we go down these little trails, and that dude, he gets close to the, we see the lake here, the reservoir, and that dude starts stripping off and just off the edge. And I'm like, did that mm-hmm. dude just kill himself in front of us? Like, oh, my God, you know? And we went down there, but we'd all, you know me, I don't like heights. You know I don't like heights. <laughs> yeah. You don't like the top of a six-foot ladder. I don't like the top of a six-foot ladder, dude. But dude, had enough drinking in me. I leaped, dude. It was fun. I lost glasses in there and had to drive home all blind with Nathan Gardunio. What's up, Nate? So <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're to get into those guys here in a bit. So, right, right. All right. I like that. Cliffhanger. So two left. The slide and forgot something. Now, uh, there's always one I want to hear more. So I'm going to go with the other one. Let's go forgot something. 
Okay, forgot something. So uh, this is uh, right after Owen was born. He might have been about six six weeks old. Maybe. What's up, Owen? <laughs> six weeks old, about two months old. That's my son. Um, and this was probably the second time I've ever done any traveling with my wife. And all the probably all the years leading up to that, I I'm one of those who you get me into the airport. I mean business. I like, you know, I, I jockey for my position, you know, Southwest. you got to get in the lines <laughs> and stuff. Like. Sometimes I'll pay extra just to get into the A group or whatever like right, that. Right. And, you know, I, I, I like to get my seat in front of the wing. And, I'll, you know, I'm just right, right. flipping business. And anyhow, um, like, we, we uh, got booked. Somehow we got in the A group. We had bought a seat for her and myself. And we actually bought the extra seat for Owen because his uh, he had a stroller. It was like a bed that snapped in the stroller, or bassinet that snapped in the stroller, but then it also doubled as a car seat so you could take it out and it could snap into, you know, seat belted in wherever you were going. So right. so we bought the, the seat just so we could, you know, ensure that he could, you know, we could strap him in and not have to worry about holding him. Because, you know, <coughs> uh, flights are tight fits for myself, you know, so. Who are you talking you know, to? You're not you know, sitting with two Olympic right. athletes, but. So, <laughs> so, so, so anyhow, you know. <laughs> but anyways, we, we, we get to our gate, and, uh, you know, we get you know, actually in plenty of time, and we see, uh, we see uh, the, all the people are sitting there. There's nowhere to sit, so there's the, you look at the gate across the way, there's, you know, plenty of seats, and we're like, oh, we'll go sit over here. We can, you know, see, you know, see her every, see when they start calling us, we can, you know, go get in line and stuff. Right. And then, yeah, I was like, I think, I, I was like, oh, let me go get a magazine or something, a bottle of water, you know, just go. Yeah. Just trying to kill time, go up there, and I go get whatever I was gonna get. Start coming back, and we start. I start seeing people standing up to line up. They're calling the A group. It's like, oh, that's us, you know, get your stuff. And you know, I grab my backpack, and you know, we just start heading, uh, heading towards the thing. You know, I go, go in there, flash my ticket. You know, they scan it. You know, go straight back. I get, you know, about ten rows back, really good seats, right in front of the wing. You know, ten right, rows back. Right. I go, go to the seat, and I go through my throw my backpack on the seat by the window and I turn around, is this okay, babe? She's not there. Oh, no. <laughs> I totally, I guess, got so excited and caught up in the moment that I totally forgot that she had a baby to pack up. And you left your wife and your newborn son. Not only did I feel like the biggest asshole in the world, I was the biggest asshole in the world. I can't hope this is the one you totally made up, Robert. <laughs> so, no, you just went ahead to secure your seats. So you didn't forget her. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I was so, married once. I, so, I understand. So of course I. <laughs> he knows I, how to lie right away. I throw my jacket over the other two seats. And have you ever tried to exit a plane while people are coming? In? <laughs> no. Plus, you know, so I'm trying to squeeze through. Excuse me, excuse me. I gotta go. Excuse me. And you know, the aisle's about this wide. Right. I'm about this wide, so right, I'm trying right. to squeeze through people. People are giving me the look. I don't know if they're giving me the look like like I'm an asshole for trying to get off the plane while they're getting on, or right. or if they actually know what happened. I don't know. I just like I'm like guys, excuse me, I really got to get off this. And I get back to the ramp where my wife is holding Owen in his carrier. <laughs> she's got the diaper bag. She's got her purse. She's got another tote, shopping tote bag. My computer bag. <laughs> she, she's still holding some of my shit. Plus all her. She's trying to. She's trying to tell the 
flight attendant how to pack up, how to fold yeah. up his stroller because there's no no two strollers in the world that fold up the exact same <laughs> way. <laughs> Is that true? It, yeah, yeah, there's some you like. We had one, you like push this little red thing with your thumb and twist the handle mm-hmm. and it would fold flat and fold together. Yeah. Others you have to pull pins on the side. Yeah, it's. Oh, there should be a class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or make the goddamn things universal, right? Yeah. Right. But so she's trying to tell this person how they, and I was like, oh, babe, let me go. Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> I was like, and I'm like, no, let me help you. I said, don't you touch me. Now, how, how long were you guys together at this point? Uh, we had, so Owen had, it was just born, so we'd probably been, we'd been together for about a year and a half, but we'd only been married for about, you know, six, seven, maybe four or five months. <laughs> she's got a bag in one hand, she's got the stroller in this hand, a divorce lawyer on the phone. Yeah, uh-huh. she is like, don't you touch me, and you know, she, she's got a little stubbornness to her, to her, like, no, she's going to walk like a pack mule with everything, let the world know that that I'm the asshole that I am, not helping her with anything, you know. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, come on, at least let me grab my computer. And she's like, yeah, you know, you're not you're not touching anything on this body, you know. Oh, yeah, so, good. So she's walking, you know, walking down that aisle. And I'm like, well, we're up here, see, you know, row ten over. There. You see my stuff over there. Right. She gets she's like, there. That's and, where you're sitting. I'm sitting yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. She said she she got there. She, she she handed me my backpack. She's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the window seat, motherfucker." <laughs> she, knows anyway. she knows why I like to sit in front of the wing, you know. So she's like, "Yeah." I, you know, she sits there. She puts the baby straps the. She was not gonna let me strap the baby in. She's not let me do nothing. She's like, you know, this, this is why Owen's an only child, I assume. Well, there's other reasons, but, <laughs> but, but but anyhow, so you know, we're, you know, I I I do put some stuff up in the bin, uh, the overhead and. But yeah, she's, you know, she's sitting down. I know that this is going to, this two-hour flight's going to be, feel like eight hours. It's going to be right, the longest right. two-hour flight in my life. Right. And we're sitting there and right, yeah, right, right, right before we're taking off, I can see she's panically looking for something and she's looking through her purse and looking through the diaper bag and she's like, I was like, well, what do you need? What do you need? What can I help you with? She's like, don't, you know, don't talk to me. You know, I'm like, Great, you know, I'm like feeling horrible and stuff like that. We, we're on the plane and the plane takes off and she's sitting there. She starts bawling and crying and I'm <laughs> sniffling and I'm like, I was like, dude, what can I do? What can I do to, you know, make this better situation? She's like, nothing you can do. I left, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I left my phone at the, I'm pretty sure I left my phone at the gate. Oh, no. I'm like, it's okay, we'll, we'll get you a new phone. She's like, you don't understand. I have Owen's first smile on that phone. Oh, no. And, you know, this was before the cloud and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. before we knew how to use the cloud, if it was, right. you know, so, you know, she's like, I'm thinking, oh, great, you know. And then as soon as that, uh, you know, as soon as we level off and that, you know, you can unbuckle your seatbelt, sign, you know, pops up. Right. I jump up real quick and I open the overhead real quick. I pull out her tote bag and I do find her phone in the tote bag. Oh, nice! And that did clear the air a lot. Right, you know, just right, like, right. She's like, "You're lucky." Okay. <laughs> you, you live another day. I, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she still didn't talk to me the rest of the way there. But. Yeah, yeah. But you get the phone. You get his first mile. Okay. Yeah. So we got everything back. I like it. What do you think about that one? You relate to that anyway? That I, bad? I can't relate to that. I was thinking. Like when you went out to like help her out, and she's like, "Get away from me!" That's when you just like do a couple people back, 
like you don't even know her and just follow her <laughs> up with a plane and then you can stand in the aisle while she's putting like and people are like, man, what is this lady doing? I just want to take my seat, you know. <laughs> just, you know, you're already in trouble, dude. Lean into it, you know. See, this is why I'm going to start like a 1-800 number, right? Call it, I'm going to call it the shit list. Now, if you're on the shit list, I'm going to have, okay, well, here's what happens. This is your associate, Adam. Tell him exactly what happened. Tell him why you're on the shit list. Adam will tell you how to get off the shit list or, or survive the shit list. So there's a guy on Instagram. Have you seen his videos? I have. It's he's amazing. Like the one, he's like the marriage counselor guy. Yes. So he's like sitting in this office and he'll like answer the phone. And they're like, oh, so you forgot that her birthday, huh? Okay, so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to call you back. Yes. And you know, and all this stuff. So then he calls back. <laughs> she goes, let your wife answer your phone. And so he like helps. Guys, they're hilarious. I'm like, where was this dude like ten years ago? He has the big whiteboard behind him. That yeah. says, yeah, like, like <laughs> find this guy. He's on TikTok too. Find this dude. They yeah, are they're amazing. hilarious. He'll ask you, did you do this? Okay, is this happening? Damn it. Okay, how about this? Okay, shit. All right, we're still okay. We're still okay. Like he's coaching them. I, I, I need I need the last four of your social and your credit card number. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna call you back, but this is. And so then, like, the wife answers. She's like, yes, this is so-and-so from, you know, Sandals Resort. I just wanted to confirm the anniversary package. Wait, is so-and-so there? So. It's pretty funny. So then he calls the dude back again. He's like, okay, so you're taking her to the Sandals Resort for four days. And I've already booked it. (laughs) Nice. My 1-800 number, 1-800 shit list is going to be SHT, though, right? We got to spell it. All right. That was forgot something. What do you think so far? A couple that I can kind of put myself in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm liking them so far. All right. You got one in mind? A little bit, um, but not. I don't have a huge front runner, but one kind of is kind of edging the other one out. Okay. All right. All right. Me too. So one more. We got the slide. Okay. So you know how I used to play baseball yeah. out here not softball but like adult baseball right. you know with the fastball regulation bases and everything so um after i moved out to chicago i you know i continued i was on a team called the winnemac uh white uh, not white Sox, black Sox. okay the winnemac black Sox. uh we're all cubs fans but you know the cubs team was already taken so but anyways i stayed on the the very next year another guy took over the team and we, we became the a's and all that but so I played first base and DH pretty much for, you know, the, the, the positions you have to run the least, whatever. Right, right, right. No, just, <laughs> I like how you explain this to Adam and I, like, we don't relate to what you're talking about. Come on, bro. Like, I mean, we're going to run a marathon after we do this. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, so anyhow, yeah, you know, I'd play, play with these guys, and um, I usually would play DH or EH when, uh, you know, when we had enough players, you know, but mainly played first base when... When we hit, you know, really, the, really were down to nine players, and you know, I had to be on the field, whatever. So, right. um, so it's uh, towards the end of the season. There's like one playoff spot left, and we're towards the bottom of, of the bubble. But we're playing the other team that's just below us on the bubble, and you know, we're, you know, if we win this one, there's a good chance we're going to make the playoffs. But and it was at a place called Outgeld Park, which is a place. Now that I know Chicago a little more, I had no business ever being. Um, why, why is that? Uh, because uh, I'm pretty sure that they're making drug deals just right outside the uh, <laughs> right outside the dugouts and stuff like that. Fair and, enough. I mean, just the really like 
the, the nine people on their team, the nine people on our team are probably the only 18 white people in the park at this time. <laughs> so It's VFW Park. Yes. Right. So, and, and not, not to say that parks on that side of town are bad, but that specific one was pretty bad. But it was the only one that we, it was the only one our league could secure a field that had lights. So it was the only time we ever played night games was at Outgeld Park. So this right. was actually at night. And uh, I just remember, because most of our games are in the morning, and I normally wouldn't even eat before I'd go play a game. But this is, you know, I've had most of the day, you know, I probably ate something bad or whatever, but I'm driving, this is probably about a 30-minute drive from my house to, or from my apartment to uh, this park anyways. But I'm driving, and all of a sudden something starts hitting my stomach. I start getting what they call the bubble guts, you know. It's like... Once again, <laughs> preaching to the choir. Oh, right? It's like... <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh, you know, I hope we have enough players so I can just tell them, you know, show up and say, okay, you guys got enough players, I'm sick, I can't play. Right. We get there, and I'm number nine. <laughs> I'm like, just waiting, I was like, well, game's going to start in a few minutes, you know, let's let's see, see what happens. And, of course, you know, we're texting, and everybody else, yeah, no, I got to work. And that's the other problem with being the, the only night game of the, the only night games that half the people had like work schedules we had a lot of firemen right. firemen and policemen on our team so they'd always you know have weird shifts and stuff like that right and so so we don't got any, uh we don't got anybody else coming so it's like i have to play and i have to play first base on top of it so. right um so and you know that it was just barely starting when i got there and you know how sometimes if you if you'll it'll come in waves you'll feel that first cramp and <laughs> just kind of squeeze and it'll start to go away realize okay now's not the time it'll kind of go back and settle for a minute i'm gonna stop you there i'm gonna give you kudos for bringing a poop story onto the bullock podcast (laughs) this is kind of our thing this is kind of our thing as a matter of fact on the wall somewhere we're gonna have the poop emoji i have a poopy hat i'm bringing it on (laughs) i'm gonna people wear it when they tell the poopy stories go ahead okay because i just listened to the joe machuco (laughs) episode today and there was a poop story on that too so wait was it yeah brown-eyed girl <laughs> no doubt i forget that <laughs> okay i'm sorry anyway the cramps and the bubble guts okay so you know get, get there most of this game and you know so like i said it would <coughs> sneak up on me and say hey dude you know what's going on and i'd be okay stomach and you know be just tight holding tight for a few minutes and then you know it kind of subside for a while but we're getting into we're, we're actually towards the end of the game. It's like the seventh inning. It's, it's, uh, we're, we're coming up to bat. We only played seven, inning, seven innings. We're not a professional team, you know, two-hour time limit, so you can only get in seven innings. Right. So it's seventh inning, and we're down by three. It's probably like 5-2. I know for sure we're down by three because um, I'm like, oh, good, because uh, two people are up, I'm up, you know, hopefully I'll be the third out and we'll, you know, right, you, right. usually, you know, I'm not going into a baseball game hoping and rooting against us, but <laughs> Robbie's going to take a dive. The, this time Better I'm dives into shit. Okay. So anyways, Al Pohl leads off, leads off the inning, tall, lanky fireman dude. He just hit, hits this ball. It should have went over the fence. It hits, hits the fence and bounces back and, you know, he makes it to, Makes it makes it to second base, you know, nice perfect stand up double, uh, and then uh, and then uh, Morgan Trinkus, who's uh, what's up, Morgan? Yeah, what's up, Morgan? He was he's actually the guy who ran the team. He was our catcher, but he was also one of the fastest guys in the league. But he was a good hitter too. 
and he hits a screaming line drive straight down, you know, uh, straight down the line. Uh, scores, Alpole scores easily, and he Morgan makes it into second base, and I'm, and I now I'm up, and I'm like, oh shoot. And Al comes up to me, you know, he's, you know, he picks up Morgan's bat, he looks at me, he says, dude, you get him in. He's like, dude, I'm not, I'm not feeling so well. I'm not sure I can do this. He's like, dude, you just do what you do. And I was like, <laughs> That's what I'm right. worried about. <laughs> so, yeah. I that right now, well, well they, they used to call me Mr. Contact. I, didn't, I, was not power, I was not a power hitter at all whatsoever, but I always put the ball in place. So I was one of those who just hit grounders everywhere right. and advanced the runners. So, so, so when he's like, you do what you do, I know he's just put the ball in play and let Morgan score. So anyhow um, – so, and I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just going to swing at anything. You know, these are, I'm just going to strike out. I don't care. So, first pitch, it's like high up here. And I like swing at it, but it was so high. Morgan takes off, steals third. And I'm like, oh, okay. Anytime Morgan st- was on third base and I was up and there's less than two outs, it was an automatic squeeze play. I was a really good bunter. Nobody expects the fat person to bunt, so they play him way back out. You know, right, so, right. so I'm like, okay, these guys are playing me back. It'll be an easy score for him. I just have to drop the bunt. He slides in. I'm out. They're going to throw me out at first. It's a sacrifice. It doesn't go against my, doesn't go against my uh, uh, batting average. Right. Win-win for everybody. Right. That pitcher throws. I swear I can hear I can hear Morgan taking off from third. <laughs> I drop this perfect bunt. It rolls about 15 feet down the first baseline, about three feet off the first baseline, and I'm like, okay, good. I I'm running. I'm not even running. I'm just kind of like jogging. And the overzealous pitcher comes running and slides, and he scoops up that ball. And all he has to do is reach out and touch me right there. I'm standing there for him. That son of a bitch thinks he's gonna put a play, get a play on Morgan, so he ignores me. Throws to plate where I can hear Morgan sliding across the plate already. He, so, 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 so I'm like, oh shit! Now I gotta have to actually run out, run it out to first. So I'm sitting here just kind of jogging it out to first, thinking the catcher's still gonna throw me out. But then I hear the ball ping against the fence, which means that the pitcher overthrew the catcher. I'm like, okay. So I'm like slowing down. I'm getting to first. The first baseman he actually like concedes. He's like. Hey man, good bunt. You know he steps off out of the way, and Rizy's saying good bunt. And I'm before I can acknowledge it, I see his eyes get this big. That damn catcher decides he's still going to throw me out, probably because I'm so slow that the catcher's like, oh, I still I can still throw him out. So all of a sudden I see the first baseman just jump in the air. This thing goes way over his head, rolls out in the corner. Now I got to run to second base. <laughs> Son of a bitch! I gotta keep going. <laughs> so 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 now I'm trying to actually run this time, and I get about two thirds to second base, and it feels like someone punched me in the nuts. I'm like, mm. I'm like starting now. I'm starting doing the the penguin waddle to second base, trying to hold it in. I'm like, oh God, it's coming, it's coming. Who are you talking to? Once again, I don't know how many times we have to tell you you're amongst friends I, here. I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps, you know, the cold sweat. I'm like, I, I get to I get to second base. If they would have tried to tried the play, it probably would have got me. But I get to second base. I'm like, oh my God. Normally, you bunt and end up on second base. You know, you're that's that's a celebration. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, looking back, that's awesome. But at this time, I'm about to blow. Right. I'm right. like. I'm not even taking the lead off now. I'm just like standing at first or second, standing on second, hoping they're not going to throw to me right. to try to make me dive back or anything. So I'm not even going to lead off. Right. I'm standing there. I'm standing there. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't know if this one's going to subside. 
And I'm like, just like, come on, focus, focus. You can get back in there. Get back in my stomach. Get back. Okay, it subsides for a second. And then, uh, then uh, there's Todd. Todd, uh, Todd, Todd Schwartz. No. What's up, Todd Schwartz? Todd, yeah, Todd Schwartz. He, uh, I can't remember if it's Schwartz or Smith. It's one of those German names, but his name's Todd. We could just call him Todd. Well, what is up, Todd? So, so anyways, Todd's up, and again, he hits one to the outfield. It's like, you know, why the hell didn't we score this whole damn game? Now, all of a sudden, we decide to go on a run. Right. So, I'm running. I'm waddling to third base, and I'm like, the third baseman, or the third base coach, he's, he's waving me in. I'm like, holy <laughs> fuck. So I turn, and I'm still just probably, you know, my fast run is probably a good good brisk jog for some people. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm with you. I'm and, with you. But, but I'm not even doing that. I'm just, like, doing this waddle thing, hoping that. And anyways, they start yelling, down, down, down. I know it's, I know it's going to be a close play. And... I've only tried to forward slide once in my life. I was about 10. And about the same thing happened that happened now. I kind of do this belly flop. As soon as my chest hits, the air gets knocked out of me. I see stars. Then I kind of tumble versus sliding into the home plate. But anyways, I do that. Boom. I hit that ground hard. I see stars. I'm, I can't breathe. I hit my chest. I kind of tumble into home plate. Then I hear the umpire yell out because obviously the, right. you know, the catcher tagged me out. Right. And <laughs> I get up and I dust myself. I'm dusting myself off. And, and I turn and uh, Al Temple. No, Dennis Temple. What's up, Dennis? He, 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 he's like the next one up. You know, he's, he's got his back getting ready to come up. He goes, dude, you Okay. And I look at my elbow. My elbow's all scraped up, and it's got some blood. I said, oh, it'll be okay. But he's not looking at my elbow. I notice he's kind of looking down. And I look at my, my gray pants are kind of like dusty orange, you know, from that reddish, <laughs> reddish clay, uh, clay yeah. dirt that they use on baseball fields. So my, okay. my, my pants, gray pants are like a dusty orange, except for where the moisture connects with the clay. Then all of a sudden, it's like a dark red. <laughs> and I notice there's this dark red trail kind of spiraling up my leg up towards the back of my pants. Nice. Then I start realizing I don't feel that the, the, the stone bubble guts no more. <laughs> so somehow, within this train wreck of a slide that I did, I totally let it blow. <laughs> you shit so, yourself. So I, yes. <laughs> a better, short of better words, yes. I just, I'll be so, very clear on what's happening here, okay? So, so, you know, I'm kind of looking back and I'm just, flat out mortified. I don't even know what it looks like back there. I'm flat out mortified and to try to just cover up to keep from crying, I, I yell, you know, I kind of yell at the guys, I told you I wasn't feeling well. And I just marched straight through that. I just marched straight through the gate of that dugout. Marched straight through that gate of the dugout over to my car. I mean, I didn't even pick up my gear or nothing. I just walked straight to my car and I'm thinking, shit, now what's the game plan? I'm covering shit. I'm going to get in my car and all of a sudden, I realized, oh, my gym bag's in the back seat. You know, the one I put in the back seat saying, oh, I'm going to start going to the gym after work yeah. every day. Yeah. But yeah. six yeah. months later, and yeah. it's still there, not touched. Once again, <laughs> who are you talking to, Rob? Well, I'm, I'm talking to the worldly audience, uh, though, too. Your global audience. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so anyways, I was like, okay, good. I've got a fresh pair of underwear in there. i got a towel in there. i got gym shorts. So, you know, I'm kind of wedging myself in between the door of my car. I'm... Wiping myself. I'm pretty sure the 
the, the hobo sleeping in the bushes right by the park might have got a little bit of a show. So still having nightmares. I'm, well, yeah, I'm wiping myself best I can with the towel. You know, wrap up my soiled pants in the towel, throw it in the trunk, throw on clean underwear, throw on my bright red, bright red and navy blue trimmed gym shorts. I match my. My green and yellow, my, right, my, right, my green and right. yellow jersey, just perfect. That's your Mexican side coming out, mm-hmm. bro. That's what my mom always said. That's the Mexican <laughs> side coming out. So, anyways, I'm like, oh, I better go go get my gear. And I heard I heard my cheer, my team cheer a couple times, so I'm pretty sure we tied it, and I'm pretty sure we end up winning the game. So, uh, so I get out there, and my 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 team, the other team has last at bat, so my team's out on the field. I start packing up. I was like, "Well, shit! They only have two outfielders." Yeah. I grab my grab my glove, start going down. I get about halfway down the halfway down the foul line, and I hear the ping of the ball, and I turn around. Simple grounder, second baseman. He flips it to the first baseman, and then I hear the umpire yell, "Ball game!" So I was like, "You know, must have been the third out, whatever." So no one's shaking your hand. <laughs> Nobody's well, touching yeah, you. They, they're all doing the handshake line, and I'm like, I bust ass to get back into the. Dugout sucks. I want to get my shit packed up and out of there before the right. rest of the guys. Right. I'm sitting there packing up my shit, and the, the guys do the handshake thing. And my team, since they won, they're kind of huddled around home plate, you know, high fiving each other, doing their stuff. Yeah. Post game celebration, I hear Garcia. I'm like ignoring it, trying to act like I didn't hear it. I'm like, Garcia. And I turn around and look up, and it's Al Paul. And he's like, I'm like, oh, okay, you know. So I go walk out there, and the guys start patting me on the back. Hey, dude, what a, that's a great bunch, man. Good job, good job. There's no shame in depends, Garcia. No <laughs> I mean, shame in depends. But the coolest thing, not one person said shit about what happened. I mean, I'm pretty sure that whenever they are on their own and they talk, they, they shoot the oh, shit, they yeah. talk about the good old days. Yeah. I'm sure they go, hey, remember that game Garcia shoot him? So, but no, these, they were classy enough to not say a damn word. Robbie, do you think I would have let you live that down ever? <laughs> No. Well, no. Well, I didn't know these guys as well as I knew you. I was, I was, I was, I was one of the Newark newcomers on the team. So. That's cool. But, but yeah, like I said, Al, Al was, Al was probably the type who would have kicked anybody's ass if they would have said something. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he's this big, almost seven foot tall firefighter dude. You know, just right. And, I tell you, Robbie, as I said on this podcast multiple times. <laughs> There's no such thing as an atheist who's ever shit themselves. I understand when you get the bubble guts, you start praying to whatever higher power was going to help you out the most. You're willing to switch gods if the if Buddha will help you not not make this happen, especially in the baseball game. So what do you think about that one, Vogue? That, that actually brought sparked a memory when you were talking about the, the goosebumps and the cold sweats. I travel a lot for work, and I was actually, the last time I was driving through Chicago... I'm on the interstate, and that's first. I'm like, oh man, um, fruit and slim jims do not mix. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> this is this is your this is your uh, was a PCPSA. Uh, yeah. the, the more you know, duh. And you so, want to one up and do dried fruit and slim jims. <laughs> so I'm driving down the interstate, going through Chicago. I'm like, oh, man, I got to pull over. And I'm looking, and there's like office buildings, office buildings. I mean, there is no convenience stores. Probably see a McDonald's. I'm like, oh, thank God, I'll just get over and get off right here. The exit to get to that McDonald's was like three miles down the road. Then I had to get off. I had no idea where I was going. I'm like, I'm going to just guess that I turn here. And I turn, and luckily it led me to the McDonald's, but 
Holy cow. So, yeah, I understand, man. I, I get it. My dad had a heart attack in 2019, 2018. He's okay. But uh, I got the call from work, so I left, and I went through Lyman. I put my GPS on, and they don't take you through down 24. You don't go to the Springs anymore. They, they do an offshoot, and they take you through Fountain, right? Well, I got to go. Well, first of all, I'd, I'd been real good about working out and not eating fast food at all. I was going to stop and get a Subway because I was in a hurry and I was hungry. Subway line is so huge. So I said, I'll go get Taco Bell, which I've not eaten forever. <laughs> so I stopped by Taco Bell. I get a couple burritos, a couple tacos, whatever. I'm driving, and all of a sudden, like you said, bubble guts. Like, and it's to, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, well, here's the, my, my, my colon, like, you know, knocks in there and send a message upstairs that uh, we need a decision today, like right now, you know? <laughs> So it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of, is this on my terms or not my terms? Okay. So I'm driving, and I'm, I mean, sweats, everything, and I see an RV sign in the distance. And I'm like, you can make it, man. You can. So I floor it, man. I'm, you know me, I don't drive fast, but that day. So I whip in that parking lot, Rob, and it's about lunchtime. And, man, I go to the bathroom, and I'm thinking to myself, if that stall is, is occupied, we're going to have a real awkward moment here at the Arby's. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I hope they have a sink that will fit my ass. So <laughs> I go in there, and it was, man. And I made it, man, by the by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin, chin, you know. But, uh, yeah, it was it was awkward. Like, I, I probably yelled and everything, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> screaming for my mother or whatever. And the but, worst part is when you're in that situation, everything's, like, locked down. You're like, okay. I can. Then when you think you're, you're home free, your body kind of relaxes, and that puts it to the next yeah. level of like, yeah. Uh oh. And I, don't, I guess I don't understand. I don't understand biology or, or how the human body works. Like you, you said something that clicked to me. Like you start waddling. Why is it you're so afraid to bend your damn knees when you got a shit? <laughs> it's because your ass cheeks are clenched closed, and you can't walk the same, man. <laughs> your hamstrings are tight. You know. You start walking like you don't have any joints. You will not bend your knees when you got a shit. What's that about? Isn't that weird? Think about it. Well, you sit down to shit, so maybe it's like a subconscious. Don't don't bend your knees because that's a signal to shit. Because the knee bone's connected to the colon bone. <laughs> Something I don't know. Okay. I'm not a biologist either. <laughs> Thank you for that word. I was looking for it. <laughs> All right, what do you think about that one? Joke? That was great. I man. think you just threw that in. That's probably the one right there because he knows I won't bite on it because I want it to be true. <laughs> okay, well. We got a uh, rock, paper, scissors, as you well know, because you brought us uh, candy things. R- Rob, what are you, a three-pumper, four-pumper? I do it the right way. Three. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. My boy, your son's a four-pumper. Yeah. Uh, adoption is not too early. It's never too late. Well, well, it was funny. This morning, he was like, he was asking my grandma, my, my mother, you know, his, his grandma. He's like, Grandma, how do you do it? And she's like, three you know that's how so it's like yeah he, i told him the right way that's how i was raised to do three and yeah just, yeah yeah but, but then she's like what does this have to do and he tells her oh it's the podcast and all that stuff like that <laughs> he so yeah all right folks. so we're doing three buddy all right ready damn it all right before we do that though i do want to say um we are at the uh, Brush Emporium, so please make sure you check this out. Once again, uh, they're doing a lot of pizza here. They're going to have ice cream here eventually. They have a lot of little vendors upstairs, so it's it's uh, someone that supports little uh, small business. So if you don't support local business, it goes away. You know, So please make sure you come down and support them. And that's why if we're going to take a quick minute here, a quick couple of seconds, we're going to do a little sponsorship. This is one of the vendors upstairs, so uh, please check it out. Hi, my name is Suri Guzman. 
My name is Jose Guzman. And we're the owners of Guzman Boots. We're located here at the Brush Emporium at 210 Clayton Street in Brush, Colorado. We um, have men, women, and some kid boots. They all come from Leon, Guanajuato. We also carry um, belt buckles, wallets, and phone cases as well. If you do need a special order, we can also special order any kind of boot in the size uh, that you would like. You can also find us on Facebook under Guzman Boots if you have any questions. Also, um, you can send us a messenger or call the Brush Emporium or talk with the front office and they can let us know. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so there you go. Make sure you come check it out. A lot of cool stuff down here at the Brush Emporium. Please please give them some love. Uh, they've actually given us the space down here. Like I said, if you can look behind Adam and me and Robbie, uh, you'll see a partially done room uh, with all the acoustic stuff not put in yet. So. This will be the actual Bullhucker studio when we're up and running, so we're pretty excited about that. It's been fun uh, trying to plan how we're going to do it, so uh, please check that out. So, okay, I lost paper, rock, scissors, so I have to go first. Um, three great stories. The slide cliffhanger and forgot something. Now, Robbie, I think I got you dead to rights on this. Cliffhanger, I think, is true because I remember you telling me some story about that vaguely. Now, this is probably back in the nighttime Larry days, so, uh, you know, it's it's a little fuzzy, but I remember you, 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 I, I remember you being up there, because even when you worked at the club, you'd go up and work on the, the summers down there at that camp. Right. Yeah. Well, well, actually, I worked at Shady Brook that year. Right? Okay. And that was a pain in the butt going, because Shady Brook's way up in Deckers, but, mm -hmm. so I'd go spend like three days a week in Deckers and then come back and spend three days a week in Pueblo and just go right. back and forth, but 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 yeah. Prior to working at Shady Brook, I did all those years at Camp Jackson. I think after one of the softball games in uh, Beulah Mountain Park, I think I drove you over the over the hill and over to the Lake Isabel site. I think we drove by Camp Jackson once. Maybe we did. So. Once again, a lot of drinking. So, uh, so I think Cliffhanger is a true story. I think the slide is a true story because that had a ton of detail. It was. Uh, but here, the, Robbie has listened to a ton of these episodes. Every one, you think you said right. Or damn close. Oh, yeah, I've seen everyone. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he knows how to, uh, to fool us. So that's, but I'm going to go with my gut instinct, uh, my bubble gut. Uh, I think the slide is true, so I'm going to go forgot something because I don't think that sounds like a Robbie Garcia thing to do. You're not, that's just not you to uh, forget unless it's true and you're just a freaking monster. So, anyway, so I'm going to go forgot something. What do you think? Well, the odds are going to be in Robbie's favor because that's the one I'm going with also. Why so? And the reason why I'm going that way is just from being married. I kind of put myself in it, into that position. And it wouldn't be, to me, I don't think she was like, no, I got it all. I think most women would be like, you want to help you, son of a bitch? And then they dump it all. And then you're packing it all onto the plane. So just by the way that you said she reacted, I'm thinking that that's why that one's the bullhucker. Okay. Yeah, that's a great explanation. No, that's... <laughs> All right, Robbie, we're going to tee up on you. We both forgot something. Cliffhanger and the slider, true, we think. So let's see what's going on. The slider. Oh, I called it. Nope. I am a little disgusted right now. Get out, Robbie. Get out. No, you've never met my wife. She's like, no, screw you. I'm going to take the. When she gets her mindset on something, she's going to stick to her guns and. So that the, the so forgot something is true. I God, you don't know how bad I feel about that thing. Do you want us to remind you to take Owen with you when you leave right now, or <laughs> <laughs> have you overcome that 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 assholery? I mean, 
I mean, she and, and don't think she doesn't. Uh, she anytime we get in arguments or whatever like that, don't think she doesn't. Oh, remember that time? Oh, I'm sorry. Are you being are you being airport Robbie right now? Are we airport Robbie right now? <laughs> well. Well, well, for actually, usually it's remember on Christmas you left me home and pregnant with the, while you went out on a vacation. <laughs> well, when she found out she was pregnant, I was home visiting my parents on Christmas. Gotcha. So I didn't know that she was pregnant until I got back. But of course, she's like, "You left me alone and pregnant on our on, my, on our first Christmas together." Should have been using. Robbie, Robbie, cliffhanger is a true story. Mm-hmm. I'm disgusted we got that wrong. I know. I th- and when he was telling that story, I was like, man, I don't, there's a lot of detail in this. Is that and why you did it? It's kind of the, Here's and the, the way you were telling, I mean, it was like you like a lot of hesitation and stuff that I'm like, he's talking, telling a story about shit in his pants. <laughs> so I'd be a little hesitant to, right. you know, right. so I kind of just blew it off. But right. I kept thinking, I'm like, no, this has got to be it. This has got to be it. So for the past three months, I've been telling myself this story. The other two happened, so I told them by memory. Right. So this one I've been in my mind rehearsing over and Good over. Good for you. Now all the all the names I dropped, you know, the team, that park, you know, I I played baseball there. I've dropped bunts many a times to score trinkets. I've never actually made it to second on a bunt, but. If you got that wrong, I want you to share this podcast on Facebook. And I want you to tell us, uh, Susan Kilzer. What's up, Susan Kilzer? We all know Susan Kilzer. We should invite her so you can meet the legend can meet the other legend. Yeah. Uh, but uh, put it down on, on YouTube, on the comment section, if you got this one right or not. Uh, you're one of my oldest friends, man. And I could have, I, I, I thought the whole time, the whole time he's telling that forgot something. I'm like, this is it. This is the one. This is the one. I, I got you, Rob. I got you. I, uh, well, when you first said, Oh, you know, I like poop stories, so you think I'm going to bite on this. I was like, oh, shit, he's got me. He's oh, got me. I, I, something deep down was like, he's trying to trigger you, Larry. <laughs> he knows you like the poopy story. He knows you like well, the poopy story. Well, you story. say everybody's got a shit story, and I get, I keep on thinking back until maybe go back to when I was five years old. It was probably the last time I had a real poop story. And oh, I don't think that counts. So, you know, Maybe they all count, Rob. Okay. So... <laughs> Before we go, I do want to talk a little bit about the club we used to work at and how I know Robbie Garcia. I have a couple of great memories of Robbie Garcia. Are you listening to young Robbie over here? Okay. Uh, so th- this is why I call him the legend. Uh, every year for New Year's Eve, well, first of all, let's take a step back. We, uh, Our favorite guy, I think, in together is Papa Jack. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's going to come up in both these stories. Papa Jack was an old Vietnam veteran. He was probably four, five, eight, not even yeah. that, five, two, five, three, mm-hmm. little thing. You know, I say Vokey Hot. Mm-hmm. Vokey Hot, you know as well, is if it ain't three, it won't 280, it ain't a lady. Uh, Papa Jack Hot is a pulse, and that's even negotiable. Okay. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, I always talk like this. He was, he was like 5'2", handlebar mustache, looked like Yosemite Sam, and talked like this the whole time. Always referred to himself in the third person. Well, Papa loves this. Well, Papa don't like that. Mm-hmm. Papa this, right? But one of our favorite people. So every year for New Year's Eve, <laughs> they put him in a diaper with suspenders, and he'd run around the club as old man time. It's father time. Father time, sorry. <laughs> and the first year this guy worked there, I look up, and who's in a diaper is baby New Year? <laughs> He's in the diaper running throughout the club 
half naked. And I go, that's a ballsy move, new guy. That's a ballsy move. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. No, I wanted to tell you about the first time that we truly met. Okay. So, so, so now listen to this now. I'm not talking about the time where I go in with my application and they go, oh, go, go talk to Larry over there. He'll interview you real quick. And, you know, that's just a shy, nervous guy. No, the time he truly met me, see, probably for the first week or so there, I'm pretty sure people didn't, you know, thought I was very antisocial because bartending was a lot, well, at a, at a fast place club like that, it was a lot harder than, you know, I took bartending class at PCC, Public Community College, and uh, I was like, I was thinking it was going to be like cheers, you know, everybody's laid back telling jokes, hey, no one <laughs> coming in, no, no, I got my ass kicked that first week or so, and I'm sitting there trying to... I did not talk to anybody. Larry would have to say, dude, breathe, breathe, remember to breathe. You know, so I was like, okay, 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 you know. And so anyways, probably those first two weeks, I didn't talk to anybody. I was just busting my ass, trying not to get fired, thinking I was going to get fired, and, you know, trying not to bust glasses and things like that, trying to keep up with the pace. Because you're a barback. You were barback. When I was your barback, yeah, yes. Okay. Anyhow, uh, there's this... Uh, band called Boogie Machine out of San Francisco That's that crazy. the owner booked for like for like the next two months. These guys were going to come in every Friday and do this, uh, you know, do do a they, they do a cover band of disco music from the 70s. And, and they all wore the big afros and all the bell bottoms. They dressed the part. They were awesome. awesome. They were great. They were yeah. great, yeah. And one of their things was, I guess, they'd always call key members of the staff up from the bar when they did the YMCA and do the, you know, put put the costume on them so they look like they're the village people up there. Well, anyways, so they call up Derek, the, the, head, the, the, the head doorman. What's up, Derek Toussaint? They, they, they call up um, Rachel, who's the head waitress at the time. What's up, Rachel Fowler? They call up uh, Marty, who's the, the MC at the time. What's up, Marty Munoz? And then, then they're like, Larry, Larry can, Larry, can Larry please come up to the stage? And, and Helen, we're getting slammed at this point. You know, he's, his bar is just the, the biggest, the bar that just got slammed the most. So we're busting out. She's getting slammed. And Helen comes over here and she's like, hey, Larry, they're trying to call you up on the stage. She's like, I know, I can't, you know. And he's like six people deep all around. You know, I can't do I'm like, Larry, do you want me to go up? You know, shy, timid little Rob. Larry, do you want me to go up there? Do you want to go up there? He's like, yeah, I'll go up there. You know, because I guess he didn't know. Like I said, I worked at Camp Jackson. We used to do a lot of skits and stuff. So I used to get into things. You know, I remember this now. I remember this now. Yep. So so I go. So I'll go up there. He's like, oh, go on up. So I go, you know, walk my work my way to the stage. It was a it was a pretty packed day that day. So I'm trying to squeeze through people. I get up to the stage. I go, you're Larry. I was like, no, I'm his replacement. You know, I'm Rob. Okay, Rob. You know, they they give me the the cop hats or something. You know, the cop hat and. And, you know, so we look like the, the village people up there. I'm, since I'm the last one, I'm the A. But anyway, so they get in the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. So while the rest of our staff stand there, I'm starting here to do every cheesy disco movie. I'm sitting here doing all this stuff, you know, gyrating. And, and they start singing. Crowd starts going nuts. And they're like, you know, me. And I'm kind of singing with them. And the, the, the young man, don't you do, 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 I said, young, and doing the YMCA, and blah, blah, I'm getting all into this, and people are like going crazy, and people, all of a sudden people start coming up and putting money in my, That's start putting right. money in my waist, my, my, <laughs> right. my waistband. That's right. So I started putting money in there, and 
Then the boogie machine people, they start noticing, I know, I know the lyrics. So like the last verse, they hand me the microphone. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting here, young man, I was once in your shoes. I said, I was, I mean, I'm just taking it away. People are just, crowds just <coughs> roaring, you know, just, you know, because I'm just cheesing it up and crowds just roaring and stuff like that. And finally, you know, they're still sticking money down my pants and stuff like that. And finally at the end of it, you know, everybody's like cheering and roaring. I noticed everybody in the clouds just cheering and roaring except for the staff. The staff are like frozen in like fear. Like, <laughs> like who the fuck is this? You know. I mean? Who did we so, hire? <laughs> so, so I just remember going down and like all the waitresses are like looking at me as I'm passing it to Laura sitting in the munchie bar. She's like, Robert, what the fuck? You know. And, uh, I was like, you know, you know, I get back, I, I get back to the bar and and Larry's like shaking his head and he sees me pulling all this money out of my out of my waist, and I say, like, you know, we pull the tips and stuff, so I was like, oh, so I go to put it in the jar, and he puts his hand on it, no, no, pal, that's yours, you earned it, yeah. <laughs> you earned it, man, yeah. <laughs> that's all you. Yeah, I forgot, I remember that, that's funny, uh, the, I do remember that story, uh, the story I like the most is, uh, there was a long bar, and that's where Papa Jack worked, yeah. uh, to put it in perspective that you can understand, Adam, um, Papa Jack had a drinking problem. Uh, Papa Jack's drinking no. problem was bad enough to where nighttime Larry thought it was a problem. <laughs> if that clears it up, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Hitler telling someone, you're a bit extreme, you know? <laughs> so anyway, uh, Robbie's the bar back at that bar, and I tell Robbie, here's what I want you to do. At midnight, we got a shift drink, right, mm -hmm. for 50 cents or whatever, right? Uh, Jack had his fist, uh, he started that around 5 p.m., right? <laughs> So, I mean, Jack would get, well, Papa would get just hammered, just shit can hammered every night. And I'd, I'd get pissed because his ring was off, the money was off, and they were up my ass. I was the lead bartender because yeah. they took it away from Jack because he was, you know, always drunk. So I told the new guy, I said, okay, hey, hey, new, hey Robbie, come here. Here's a deal. That stolen water on the end of the bar, I want you to throw it out every time you see it. <laughs> Dump it. Remember that? Dump it. He goes, seriously? I go, yeah. He goes, what if Jack gets mad? I go, fuck Jack. I said, dump it. He goes, okay. So two days later, Jack goes, come here, come here, come here, come here. This new kid sucks. I go, what do you mean, Jack? What do you mean? He goes, the new guy, he sucks. I go, well, how does he suck? We need to fire him. He tried to get you fired in the worst way, dude. He wanted you gone. I go, what's going on, Jack? What's going on? He goes, he sucks, he sucks. He keeps saying he sucks. I go, is he stalking? Yeah. Is he cleaning the glasses? Yeah. Is he cleaning the bar off? He goes, yeah. I go, that's pretty much all we have him do is a bar back. That's, that, that pretty much sums up his job. He goes, son of a bitch, he keeps pouring out my drink. I'm like, hey, your, your midnight shift drink? Yes. I go, bullshit. <laughs> I said, Jack, our liquor cost is going to go up. And when they ask me, why is the liquor cost up? I'm going to tell them, we're trying to sober Jack up. As ironic as that sounds, because Robbie, how many did you dump out on a nightly basis? Oh, probably like five or six. You pour yourself another one put over <laughs> Yeah, I always make sure he wasn't looking, or right when he's, you know, when when a waitress would come up. So you know, in fact, I think I even might have asked a couple of waitresses, "Hey, hey, go go send your order to Jack really quick, you know, so give him a big ass order, you know, so I can." <laughs> you know, know, Papa Jack so, used to so. Because I never wanted to do it when he could look, and if he ever caught right. me, I was afraid he's going to stab me in the throat. But. <laughs> he would have stabbed me. Um, I'm not joking. He went to Mike Ferris, the owner, to get rid of you. He was so pissed off. Like Mike said, "What's with the new bar back?" I'm like, "Look, man, he's dumping Jack's drink out," and Mike was like, "That's ballsy." I'm like, "That's ballsy." He's a keeper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack is the one who introduced me to Yukon Jack. That's who first started me drinking that shit. So, 
he would uh, he'd get hammered. I'd try and drive him home, and he threatened to kill me on a nightly basis. He'd tell me I'll stab oh. you in the heart, all kinds of And he meant it. Oh, it FYI, FYI, Jack, you know, he, I, I think they have based the, the, the Dos Equis commercial, the most, uh, my most amazing guy in the, the world. The most interesting man. Yeah, yeah. Because this guy had every story, you know. He, 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 he had Jackie Gleason's old pool table. One time he, he at one time he was a was a pro, a professional ski jumper and and he used to, <laughs> and, and, and he used to ski to the Sir Duke oh, song man. by by uh, uh, Stevie Wonder and all you know he'd tell me all this shit you know oh yeah that song Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder I used to do a double flip off the Alpine jump and I'm like, what the fuck he did it looked like a midget he's literally Brindley's height <laughs> you're dumb. Oh, she's probably a little taller now but. Yeah, she, uh, um, but old Papa Jack was, like I said, Papa, Papa Hot was something else, man. I mean, he would be rubbing on some, I mean, I mean, the chick was always like a foot taller than him. You know what I mean? Like, hey, Papa loved it. Me, Papa's girl. There were so many characters at this club. Him and Carl. Remember Carl? Yeah. Yeah, Carl does this funny little dance where he, well, Carl's son had died in a car wreck, right? Oh, okay. And he lost, he lost his son and he just turned to drugs, you know, turned to drugs and drinking, but... The guy tank, was, tank rain tonic, man. Tank rain tonic, but he was safe as milk, right? Like mm-hmm. Carl wouldn't hurt you. Like we all like Carl. He was the most mellow, happy drug user we've ever met in our life. But he would ask every woman in that club to dance. And he was an older guy. He'd pull power mm-hmm. age. You know, he's probably his fifties actually back then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's probably in his twenties. He looked like he was in his fifties. Mm-hmm. He'd ask every woman to dance in that club. Mm-hmm. Every time, right? And, and and most women go out, and nobody, no guy cared, you know what I'm saying? Because Carl go out there and do a little dance, and every woman didn't know what to do. Well, for my birthday, Mom and Tim Dussault come to visit me in Pueblo. And as we're sitting there, he walks me, he goes, is this your mom? I go, yeah, this is my mom, Mary. Would she like to dance with me? I'm like, she'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> and she's mom's dancing like like put her hands up like this like what the, what's he doing I'm like he's crazy he's crazy mom I don't have to tell you, you know <laughs> dance with Carl damn it uh, I wish we could stay here longer Rob you kind of hit our time man I went too quick man I uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to sit and reminisce with Pueblo but I almost had a surprise for you uh-huh. almost had a surprise for you oh okay uh, I love having Adam here but I had called an old Peppers person to be here and they couldn't make it oh. Troy Rivera. What's up, Troy? What's up, my boy, Troy? Uh, uh, I was living in Greeley. He's the one that the kid from Arizona talked to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, hey, Robbie's coming down. You should come down and, and come hang mm-hmm. out. And he goes, well, if I would if I lived in Greeley. I go, where do you live? He's like, move to Arizona. I go, well, uh-huh. that ain't going to work. So that would have been too bad. Uh, we have to reminisce one of these days. I know you guys are going. You have to take mom and dad back to Pueblo. But uh, it's been a good time, man. But, but before we go, uh, there is one thing we do want to pump. Um, usually uh, we have other podcasters on here whatnot, uh, and we have a podcast we want everybody to check out I'm going to put a link below when we find out how to get to the link mm-hmm. uh, it's a podcast you want to talk about yeah it's actually um, my daughter my oldest daughter Harley she's a senior in high school and her English project they call it like a passion project so what she decided to do was a podcast they're going to do I think three or four episodes her and her uh, three of her friends it's called the off brand podcast um so, yeah, she's going to record her first episode when we're recording this. It's going to be a couple of days from now. But mm-hmm. by the time this is out, um, hers should be too. So awesome. I'll get that information information to Moose. And if you guys want to check it out, we'd appreciate it. Yeah, put it on the ground. and just, yeah, Give it a listen. I mean, there are a couple of high school girls from North Dakota. Yep, they live in Hazen, North Dakota. And, and if her friends are – I've met one of the of her friends. I don't, I don't I haven't met the other two. But if her other two friends are anything like her and the one that I have met – 
buckle your seatbelt. Who knows what you're going to hear on that thing? <laughs> yeah, and, and show them some love. Check it out. You know, give them, give them a listen so they can uh, see it. And it's a, it's for a, it's for a grade, right? So I mean, yeah, so I ask her. I go, "Is your grade dependent on views?" <clears throat> She's like, "No, I just have to do it." I go, "Well, still, well, it. check it out. Give so, some feedback, man." So. I asked her if she wanted me to do this. She's like, "Yeah, would you?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely, nice. absolutely." So on the so, link below, we will. Uh, Mm-hmm. Definitely have that there. We'll also have the link to the uh, the uh, Brush Emporium on below. So uh, check that out on all the descriptions below. Uh, make sure you hit that bottom right-hand corner. There's a little red uh, button. That's a subscribe button. That's a small click for you, but a huge click for us. A huge click for us, man. Check mm-hmm. it out. And if you see this online, man, share it. Hit that share button on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Get it out here. Uh, we're going to start getting a little more serious with this podcast, I think, now that we have a little studio, a little home. We're still going to travel around, you know, as uh, people have businesses they want us to come in and, and check out the business in the background. That's always something we love to do. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's kind of cool to support small-time business and local business. That's what we like to do. So uh, make sure you check all that out, you know, and we really appreciate uh, everybody's support so far out of this. It's been cool. I have a lot of people come up to me wanting to do the podcast, so we got quite the list going, and we're going to... Keep doing this for a while, man. But uh, Robbie, the legend, man, uh, it, it's, it's been so good to see you, man. Awesome to see you guys, man. Uh, and great, you, great to meet Adam, you know. Like, finally meet that the Adam, yes. the, the, the other, the other legend. legend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. I got my hug earlier today. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, because Adam will hug you. He's supposed to hug you, but uh, sometimes yeah. you got to force it on him, you know what I'm saying? I kind of dropped the ball about a couple times. <laughs> then I tried to hug some lady that didn't want to hug. So... <laughs> I gotta get better. He'll <laughs> 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 hug you. End up in a lawsuit. So, anyway, Rob, thank you so much, buddy. No problem, man. Anytime. I'm Moose Lundstrom. I'm Adam Vokey. Next time, peace. Mm-hmm. That was good, man.